This is The Guardian. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Should the music industry be shook of AI? You might notice that I sound like Kanye West. No, Yeezy didn't record a voiceover for me. You can write lyrics in the style of any artist you like. To be or not to be, that is the question. I typed, write a verse in the style of Eminem about future rave. You're listening to Pop Culture with me, Shante Joseph for The Guardian. Who has been seeing all of this AI stuff online at the moment? That photo of the Pope looking like Skepta in a long white puffer jacket is burned into my brain. And it really scared me because I was duped into thinking that the Pope had dripped. I thought I would always be able to tell what was real and what was AI, especially because they never quite get the hands or the teeth right, but the tech is learning and it's becoming scarily accurate. And it's not just photos, it's music too. Two weeks ago, I was scrolling on Twitter and heard this. That's a cover of Flo's Summertime by Scissor. Only it is not. And it sounded strange, but I didn't think too much about it. Then I saw the comments and it was AI. What on earth is going on? Even people who make music for their for their living, listen to music for their living, they will be yeah. they'll be tricked by this very, very soon. Ben Beaumont Thomas is the music editor at The Guardian. Well, I think at the moment the manifestation of AI that we we see is kind of jokey edgelords on Twitter, like mm. doing fake artists imitating such and such another fam- famous A-list artist. Yeah. And you'd be like, you know, and it's kind of lol or whatever, and you know, it's fine. You, you can very, very quickly realize it's not real because the whole point is that it's been yeah. set up to not be real. I think quite a lot of AI and music is is happening in ways that we don't already see. And actually, so if you're not actually kind of hearing a, an entirely AI-created track, mm. there's going to be plenty of pop music out there that, that AI is being used in before the mastering stage, you know, amid right. the songwriting stage. It'll still come to inform the pop music that we listen to. So, you know, I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot of AI that's being sucked into beautifully mastered 
beautiful sounding pop music. When did AI become something that featured um, in music production? It feels like it's something that that most people have only become aware of in you know the last year or so. Really, the sort of this kind of popular breakthrough of AI, but actually AI music dates back to the 1950s. There was this amazing, bizarre piece of music called the Iliac Suite, which is composed by this sort of computer programmer come musician called LeJaron Hiller in um, the University of Illinois in 1956. And he created a kind of algorithm that allowed the computer, a very, very crude early computer, to make choices, musical choices on its own. And this piece of music is very challenging and odd. <laughs> it got it got performed live, and uh, and there was a newspaper critic said that described it as a suite composed by an electronic brain. Some people didn't dig the beat, <laughs> uh, which I really like. But there were fears that we're having today. Back in 1956, you know, in 1983, this guy David Cope created an algorithm that could imitate bark and really yes. sort of con- convince lots of people. And, you know, and even in the sort of more corporate recent space, there's this company called Duke Deck that founded in 2010 and it's been going as a you know public company putting out work since 2015 and it creates artificially intelligently created music for for brands. And is this is AI being used in the like the samples or the beats or how else is it being used? So I think where it will really come to be used a great deal is is it's kind of like a prompt or a sort of it's a bit like the kind of highly modernized version of Clippy, the mm. uh, the little paperclip that sort of pops up in Microsoft to like give you little hints. You're going to get that a lot with AI in say Pro Tools or Logic or these software uh, programs that are used by musicians to produce music. You'll be like trying to work out, oh, how do I create this? You know, beautiful ghostly effect on the vocals mm. and the AI will be like, hey, I've got it for you. I'm just going to do it for you right now. Like, right. I don't have to like, you won't have to go in and do that yourself. That's really, I think, where the bulk of AI will will sit. It will be in this kind of creative tool sort of space. You know, where it starts to get more troubling is like, well, at what point do we take our hands off the reins entirely and just let the the AI create the music? Um, and that will that will come. You know, that's relatively unsophisticated. It's the same as you know, everyone's kind of mocking ChatGPT mm. for its sort of slightly clunky poetry. You know, that's that's now like that's twenty twenty three and twenty thirty three. The sophistication of that text stuff is going to be massively um, improved, and the sophistication of Music creation is going to yeah. be massively improved too. It's learning. It's learning us, which is just it so is. weird. But we can recreate what we want it to make, how we want it to sound or how we want it to read. And this is one of the most interesting things about AI, I think. And 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 the, the thing that will, you know, essentially save us. It can only be creative by riffing on things that it's been fed. Mm. An AI can listen to the entirety of recorded music ever, for example, to give a very extreme futurological view. It can only create a recombined version of that music. It can't create something entirely original. And this is where it gets into like, slightly like, I've smoked loads of weed at 5am and I'm staring at the stars sort of like brain kind of mindset. But yeah. there's such a gigantic leap between the, the, the sheer 
vast power of a digital system that's listened to the entirety of recorded music and understood it. And a leap between that and the human brain, which mm. is a and human consciousness, it just can't be thought of in a sort of digitized ones and zeros way. Mm. AI will necessarily only be able to recombine music. What's interesting about that is that pop music kind of is recombined from all other older bits of pop music yeah. a lot of the time anyway. You know, rock and roll was combined from bits of blues and bits of um, ragtime and, you know, all these different sort of early 20th century modes of popular music kind of got mulched up with a bunch of new technology, i.e. sort of amplification and recording technology and mm. kind of came out as, as rock and roll. R&B and from the 1960s, it's riffing on disco music. It's riffing on house. Like it's got this whole 50 years of history of mm. and longer of, of dance music behind it. That's kind of recombining and finding new weird little niches and expressions. Human musicians are are doing a little bit of what AI does, which mm. is that that recombining. But the difference is that we can also we just have the ability to to recombine that in a way that's kind of got soul invested in it you know right. and it's got and there's a sort of level of complexity to and and meaning and feeling that that an ai will will never have that's not to say that there aren't huge huge implications for a lot of not just musicians but people who work right across the music industry from producers to engineers mm. to music journalists to people who work in pr people who work in the legal department of a music um, label, you know, all these people stand to have their lunch eaten basically by, by AI. And that's, you know, that's, that's really significant. Even though I know it can't predict kind of future sounds or invent a new sound and that comes from us, but I do wonder if AI then like disincentivizes the process of creativity. We can be a little bit ahead of it, but for some reason it will always be able to continue to recreate if we're always recreating from the past anyway. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think that there will be a lot of despair in creative, in all sorts of creative forms as a result of AI. I think there will be also a huge number of musicians who will see this as a challenge and a l collaborate with AI essentially mm. in a potentially quite poetic and fascinating way and b you'll see a kind of <laughs> a futurized version of the sort of arguments around authenticity that have kind of been a part of pop music since day dot in the 1960s you had um Bob Dylan going from playing the acoustic guitar to playing the electric guitar and that bloke in the um in the crowd at his concert shouted Judas you know and it was seen as this kind of terrible thing that that Bob Dylan had done to 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 pick up an electric guitar I don't believe you which was seen as you know just debased type of of instrumentation completely different from the purity in inverted commas of the of the kind of acoustic guitar which is so rooted in sort of American folk culture and so on we're going to sort of see that 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 Judas moment with AI a lot of musicians will will kind of brand themselves as the authentic real deal like the the purely organic musician yeah. you know musicians will 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 be very proud of the fact they haven't used AI yeah. and they will very much broadcast that as a facet of their creativity mm. you know I think there'll be a real zeal for for you know wholly human music making 
will AI become so sophisticated that that there are music pop stars essentially who we have as rich a uh, you know engagement with and, and relationship with as flesh and blood pop stars there's that um the Joaquin Phoenix movie her where the, the guy has a, a, a relationship of such dizzying re- realism mm. um that it becomes completely real to him even though he's aware actually aware that that it's not a real woman that he's he's speaking to Samantha hi sweetheart we're gonna have record labels aren't even that um ethical you know mm. we're, we're gonna have pop stars possibly that are that are sort of presented to us as as real entities as you've mentioned not everybody is particularly happy with this idea of like ai becoming more connected to like music the music making process from lyrics to the way you sound as an artist and recently David Guetta said that he thinks that, you know, the future of music is AI because he created a song using Eminem's voice. And he he basically used um, AI to create lyrics that Eminem would, would say and then used AI to also recreate his voice. And he played it in a DJ set. And, you know, the crowd was going crazy. This is the future rave sound. I'm getting lost in an underground. To you, anyway, what are the kind of implications of that? And how do you feel about someone like David Guetta, as big as he is, being like, I'm just going to take from this artist and create this this song? I can imagine Eminem is absolutely fuming at this. <laughs> Not for, for many reasons. Not only is it a kind of violation to take an artist's voice without permission and make them say something, especially in, a, in an arena as mm. this was, full of people just going nuts. Um, secondly, like the, the the lyric that he dropped in the in the video is, uh, "This is the future rave sound. I'm getting awesome and underground." That doesn't scan as English, <laughs> really. I mean, you know, it's like if you're gonna take my voice without yeah. permission, at least make me say something vaguely erudite or clever. Yeah. Like, and get you know said, oh, "I made this as a joke," and he's kind of being being quite glib with it. You know, there's a there's a huge responsibility that musicians have if they're going to use the voices of other musicians. And, you know, we're going to see it a lot with with dead musicians, you mm. know, in the same way that Peter Cushing was was put into one of the recent Star Wars movies after he had died. That's a sort of interesting ethical quandary. And since that kind of example, you've got many, many more Hollywood stars saying, you know, in their will, they're saying, you know, I control my image rights. You're going to start seeing that a lot more with musicians as well. Um, I'm sure it's a case that a huge number of musicians have this stuff written in already. I mean, obviously you're seeing it with the current um, ABBA performance, yeah, the, the yeah. avatars. You're going to you're going to see more and more of that type of performance. Because you did mention the whole, all of these holograms that have started to pop up. And I, I remember the first time I saw it, I, oh, two maybe pack, it was, was it, yeah, it was the two-pack one was yeah. the first one I saw. And I was like, gosh, this is really weird. But I wonder what it is about voice and like AI recreating voice that is a, that feels more scary than a hologram of, you know, Michael Jackson at a Las Vegas residency. One strikes more fear in people than the other. And I wonder if you had an opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Because actually, when you're when you sort of have the visual element um, and you you're you're kind of really aware of that person not being alive anymore say it's um you know Roy Orbison did a whole you know hologram tour of the UK a couple of years ago you're very aware that Roy Orbison isn't alive Mm. um and you're kind of going along and it's kind of circus and you're sort of 
enjoying that that slightly weird uncanny vibe that is at that concert that's kind of part of the experience is the weirdness whereas i think the the troubling thing about ai is is that once you yeah once you take away that visual element and you know music is so is one of the most profoundly emotionally resonant creative forms because of its lack of a visual component because it's this sort of ethereal thing it 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 grips us in a, in such a particular way and and that yeah those those voices the humanity and the you know the the down to the way a voice cracks or leaps or bends you know those mm. those very very finite details are the components of that emotional reaction and 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 an ai is absolutely able to now replicate the 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 tiniest timbral shift in someone's voice mm-hmm. and that you know and that's the that's the point where we realize it's it's truly sophisticated because although i think there's still that element where we're as you were saying there's that sort of slightly dodgy sound quality to it and there's just just enough of it to to part of your brain is saying there's something not quite right here those rough corners will be will be sanded down in mm. in the coming years and you will be you will you will then feel violated when you discover that the emotional connection that you had with the music was was ersatz and it wasn't a human's pain that you were experiencing mm. it was a computer's simulation of human pain a lot of how people have engaged with AI and music kind of has been through like kind of funny gimmicky things or like, look at this mashup. This is really cool. Mm. But like, how is the industry reacting to, to these things? Are they worried? Um, I, I think it's as with so many um, people around AI is that no one is remotely up to speed on this because it's moving at such an exponentially quick pace. I don't think the creative possibilities have remotely been considered enough yet and i don't think the the ramifications for for people's livelihoods have been considered enough yet um a really interesting example of a record that's coming out that i think is a, is an early example of someone who's really really sort of properly engaged with the reality of of the power of ai is this guy called pattern which is p a t e n um uk producer he's released he creates all of his own music in the past and he's released on Walk Records and he's he's a brilliant musician. Um, his new album is created through text to text prompts into an AI. The, the software is called Refusion. And, and so he's created his album by feeding in a load of text prompts and it's come out with this music. And it's so obviously being recombined from other bits of music that's already been created. This music is is so interesting because it's it's one of the first projects that I've come across where someone's really not just kind of doing something that's like oh let's imitate Eminem's voice. It's mm. like let's make some properly real new music, and I'm going to take my hands off to a much greater degree than I have done before. I'm going to going to let the AI do the work, and the music's fascinating. You know, it's 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 some of it's really beautiful, and it's beautiful. In the same way that like burial or something like that is beautiful, where it's kind of got it's got vocal samples in and they've been cut up and they've been kind of distorted. Yeah. 
you know, AI will be used as a way to disenfranchise, actively disenfranchise human music makers. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, musicians have every right to be very worried about that. Let's take a quick interlude. And when we come back, let's talk about who owns AI music. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome back, boys and bots. I'm always yelling on this podcast and on TikTok. There's almost too much of me on the internet. And now the technology is readily available. What happens when someone wants to copy my voice and use it without my permission? It kind of feels like AI is evolving faster than the laws that apply to it. Because it's really the wild, wild west out there. So what can the law do? I really love talking about this stuff. It's so interesting and it's such an evolving area in law. Dr. Hayley Bosher is a lecturer in intellectual property law at Brunel University in London and co-hosts a podcast called Whose Song Is It Anyway? which is all about copyright in the music industry. I kind of want to start by asking... If I am a music producer and I have asked Generative AI to create me a Beyonce-style chorus, you know, singing about being fabulous as I am, you know, just being creating art that's true to me but lifted from Beyonce, where do I stand when it comes to copyright law? Really good question. If you're a producer and you ask the AI, you give it a prompt to make something that sounds like name of famous artist already... In many ways, it's the same as if you were in the studio making a a song without AI and Mm -hmm. you wanted to create something that was vibe of Beyonce, there's a chance that you might creep into copyright infringement. Okay. Copyright doesn't protect inspiration. So it's Mm. okay to take inspiration from other people's work, but it's copyright. It's in the word. You can't copy somebody else's work. Yeah. AI, really, what it is, is a patent recognition software. So it takes clips of Beyonce, recognizes patterns in her work, and then reproduces them. And I would say that's more on the line of copying than it is taking inspiration. Right. And in terms of like what is kind of inspiration or what is outright copying and who we blame for that, is it that the problem is the AI is being trained by human output? So you as an individual are kind of liable for, for copyright or is it that if you are too active in this process, then you are liable for copyright? There are some cases being brought in America and one here in the UK, but it's really early stages and we don't know any outcomes. Mm. How the law decides what's an infringement and what's not an infringement is this question of have you taken a substantial part of somebody else's work? Okay. That's like a legal technical sort of test. 
And that's about have you taken the original parts, meaning the parts that make that song the Beyonce song as opposed you. to another song by another person. So the the test doesn't apply very easily to AI because when an AI creates a work that sounds like Beyonce, mm -hmm. it might have her vibe, but you might not be able to point to a specific song by Beyonce that it sounds exactly like. Okay. And therefore you might not be able to be like, it might be like, this is a substantial part of the of Beyonce, but it's not of any particular song. And that makes the test quite hard to apply. Right. So that's one thing. And then we don't know who's liable. Is it the people who create the AI? Mm. Is it the person who created the song using the AI as a tool? Is it the AI itself? Yeah. You know, we, we really don't know the answer to that. That's something that the law needs to address. What I want to understand is Beyonce's vibe could be an amalgamation of so many other people's vibe, but she's not necessarily going to get sued for drawing inspiration from them. So is an AI in a way kind of that is creating a Beyonce vibe, simply just drawing inspiration. Where do we draw the line between like, this is wrong and this is right? It's quite a philosophical question because mm. what you're really asking is what's the difference between taking inspiration and copying? Mm. And that's actually quite a difficult question to answer. Taking inspiration is like, you listen to loads of different songs by lots of different artists in a certain genre and you want to create music in that genre. And mm -hmm. then you combine that together in some kind of amalgamation of the things that you listen to, plus your own personal touch as a human being, your experience, your way of viewing the world and mm -hmm. your talents and your skills. And then you make your own song that's inspired by that genre or that person. Right. The difference with AI is that it doesn't have a personality, it doesn't have an intuition, it doesn't have life experience. Mm. All it does is chop up little bits of the input data and then regurgitate them back to you on the other side. Okay. So for me, it copies, whereas humans can take inspiration. Right. If someone wanted to basically upload all of the Guardian pop culture podcast episodes into a AI generator and and take my voice and create or, and get me to say things that, you know, I would never say or I disagree with. Where do I stand legally? What can I do about that? Your voice is not protected by copyright. So currently under the law of copyright, you wouldn't have much that you could do there. Wow. You do have what's called a neighboring right or a performer's right yeah. in your performance that could cover again could do not sure um there also might be like a privacy angle we might be able to find a patchwork of laws that could help to protect you like privacy mm -hmm. there's also this thing called passing off we have in this country where um if people were confused and thought that you were if someone's like riding off your reputation all that kind of stuff so these other areas of law could help you but there isn't a i can't point to a law and be like this would protect you this is where you would go ah that's interesting uh, especially in this country in america they do have a different type of law that protects likeness mm. uh, which is closer to voice and personality which might be more helpful in that situation but we don't have that protection here in the uk and a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing around AI at the moment, nothing feels very concrete or very serious. It's kind of like lots of jokey bits, like just things people find funny or like, you know, people saying weird things or songs being sung by other artists. But what do you think is the is the fundamental issue with these AI generated like bits of media? Because if, if nothing serious is happening yet, but there's potential for people to make money for it, like wh where do the issues lie? The major problem is the disruption of the creative industries. Copyright is all about the protection of knowledge and creativity and culture. And it's inherently about the people who do that. And I think AI coming along and basically 
introducing mass unemployment in mm. the creative industries is a terrible idea. <laughs> I also think on like a moral moral and ethical level, it's like not a world I want to live in. Yeah. I don't want AI created music. I want human created music. But it's like, what if you can't tell if it's like AI or human? I think it's really interesting because like you said, at the minute, it seems like everyone's just joking around mm. and we're not necessarily quite there yet. But I think absolutely the technology has the ability to get there and that's when it will really become disruptive. Mm. I mean, at the minute we get, so I'm an academic and students submit essays, obviously. Yeah. And they're written by that <gasps> chatbot. Are they really using Yeah, them? yeah, they are. Can you tell? Yes, you can. Ah. You really, really can. But I don't imagine that you could, for, you know what I mean? As the system evolves, at the minute it gives you really illogical um, information that, mm. and it's written in such a way that you just know a student didn't write exactly. that. Exactly. That's so funny. I can't believe yeah. they're doing that cheeky. I know, it's mad. But also, again, going back to like, what is the point? Like, if you're a student and you're studying a law degree and you get a freaking chatbot to write your essay for you, okay, cool, you might get a first, but you're going to be a rubbish lawyer. Yeah, exactly. There's, so that's what, going back to like the ethical and moral concerns of like, we're letting this thing, like you said, it's very imposing, not like the metaverse where it's like you choose opt-in. It's mm. like, we need to kind of set some healthy boundaries here, everybody, right. <laughs> of like what it can do and use it for good use it for problem solving like use it for things to help make the world a better place you know mm. help us solve climate change <laughs> i don't need a play or a song written by an ai humans already do that really well do you see anything preventing the boom of ai in technology and music and is this going to be through something that is legal or otherwise? Not protecting AI-created works with copyright would de-incentivize this like mass littering of the internet with all this nonsense that we don't need mm. and instead direct AI into other areas of intellectual property like patents, which is really for if you've solved a problem or you've invented a new medicine that helps people, whatever it is. It's about innovation. It has a much higher threshold. Um that kind of stuff, I'm like, I can see AI being useful there. Yeah. Whereas I think with copyright, it's something that we should just say, no, this is not protected by copyright. And if you use human created works as your input and training data for your AI, you must pay, pay a license because mm. you are utilizing human created works to basically dilute that human created works market. It's totally unfair. Yeah. And it sh you should at, at the very least be paying them for that. I find all of this AI stuff high-key horrifying. First you take my voice, then my job. What next? My life? From speaking to Ben and Haley, I feel like there's something about human consciousness and most importantly, taste, that a robot can't give for now. I guess what I'm saying is as long as you're chic, you'll be fine. Keep on serving and the robots will never catch up. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, then please subscribe and leave me a review. This week's episode was produced by Hattie Moya, sound design by Mao Lasetto, original music by Axel Kukutier, and the executive producer is Maz Edpaj. See you next Thursday. Bye. This is The Guardian.
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.